Welcome to Secret Gardening with Sarah. I hope you are finding this to be a place to find beauty, delight, and rest. I know we're all experiencing a little bit of the weariness and panic, maybe, that comes with all the things in the unknown um, with the coronavirus, but I don't really know everything about what that's going to be, but I do know that you're very welcome here, so thank you for being here. Um, let's just keep trusting together and loving each other. That's where I'm going to start. Thank you, Taylor Linhart, again, for your beautiful song today, if you hear him. And if you are liking my podcast, please share it. Um, it would be a great help if you go on, you know, wherever you're listening to this and leave a review because it helps it get out there and share it with your friends. So that'd be great. Thank you guys. So I'm thinking, have you ever felt especially unwelcome somewhere? Like maybe someone invited you to something, but then you got there and it was the worst. I definitely have. I don't want to go into much detail, but once my siblings and I were in a situation where we were ostracized at a big feast, it was the actual worst. We didn't know what to do and were also outraged and hurt at the same time. We felt overlooked or maybe even worse, rejected. As I was thinking about this, another memory popped in my head about being in a play. Okay, I just want to preface that not all my memories are of being in plays, but this is one memory I can place and remember quite well. And also, a side note, I might have figured out where that other play was from about uh, Mr. Herb that I was talking about the other day, um, because we were going through my mom's garage, and we happened to find, uh, it was like a play bill for my sister's play, <laughs> so we have each other's memories, we swear. Um, anyways, it might have been that one. It was something about gardening, which is funny, so... To be determined. Anyways, once when I was in fourth grade, for sure, I was in Richmond, Virginia. I got a big part in a school play called Who's Minding the Castle, where I was a servant girl working with the rest of the servants, pretending to trick the bad guy who was trying to take over the castle. The bad guy, I'm pretty sure his name was N dot, like his initial N, Cognito. So you know, incognito. He was, you guessed it, secretly disguising himself by trying to convince the royal family that he loved the princess and wanted to marry her. But in fact, he was planning on taking over for his own evil purposes. Don't worry. We servants were on to his secret plan. We knew he wanted to marry the princess. And somehow, I can't remember how, we figured it out. And so while the actual royal family was gone in an outing, we devised a plan to convince Incognito that he did not want this kingdom. And we had a lot of different methods. The chief method was for me to pretend to be the princess, but I had to be revolting. They blacked out my teeth and made my hair a mess. I think I wore a wig. <laughs> and I had to sing a song in the most disgusting way. I sang Row, Row, Row Your Boat, and it was really squeaky, so I'm not even going to make your ears suffer from that. Trust me, it was bad. I acted like a pig, spoiled rotten, and I had to be clingy and annoying, so annoying that Incognito would want to get out of there as fast as he could. I think you get the picture. I will say it was a really fun play as an actor. I had a blast being the princess of revulsion. We the servants prepared a place for that bad guy, a place that was not good for him. And well, we the servants saved the day for the royal family and therefore the whole kingdom. So, pat on the back. I think you could say Incognito did not feel 
very welcome. Not very welcome at all. So with that little story, let's get to episode four. Garden design, preparing a place. I'm sitting at a table that is open to the busy traffic street in downtown Richmond. It is one of those early spring days where the flowers are blooming all around and the beginning of the young green leaves are peeking out from the branches of some of the trees. The smell of the light spring rain lingers in the air as the sun now brightly shines off the old apartment windows, reflecting the blue sky. I love the white brick building with the black trim. My sister lived in this area not too long ago, but some things have changed. I'm taking it all in, the new signs and just little changes here and there. I start noticing little green spaces. There are a few plant beds in the windows and even a little lettuce garden near a fire hydrant. That's urban gardening being taken to new levels. Makes me smile. Someone's adding natural beauty to everyone's little city walk. Every few minutes, a gust of wind twirls the residual leaves of last year on the cobblestone road. The beautiful drama unfolds in front of me as I sit and sip my secret garden tea. How fitting is that? I'm listening to some songs that help me focus and calm down, and I'm feeling grateful for this moment. Just a half hour ago, I walked in an area I'd never been and was a little fearful of the big gusts of wind and the loud traffic noise overwhelming my senses. You see, I planned to mail a package to a customer who ordered maps of my beloved city. I drop my sister off for a meeting at the hospital, and I make my way over to an unfamiliar place. I find the post office, and guess what? No parking. (laughs) I drive around in my sister's unfamiliar car in an unfamiliar place until I find a parking spot. And then there is an unfamiliar, new-fangled way of paying with an app on my phone that I've never used. I have to sit there and download it and figure out how to pay. After double-checking the app, the system payment, the license plate, I finally load up my package and walk around the big city block. Traffic hour is really picking up, and the wind is really blowing now. I just don't feel safe. My body is overwhelmed. Loud noises stress me out. I know it's just fear of the unfamiliar, but my body doesn't. (laughs) A group of younger adults gather together in front of me, strolling slowly at best. I'm stuck behind them on the sidewalk for a few minutes as we are blocked in by new city scooters. I find a way to break in front of them without feeling too rude and beeline it for the post office. I reach it. It has just closed. I missed it by four minutes. I turn around and the man loading packages turns away from me and continues loading up the truck. I don't know if he saw me to try to open the door, but I suspect he sees people getting there late often. Or at least I like to imagine I'm not the only one. I feel a little ashamed for not having checked the time of this particular post office closing. I thought there was a whole hour left, but I was wrong. I turn around quickly to not sit in my own mistake, and then I face the group of people I've just passed. They graciously smile and make room for me to pass by. I look for a place to settle down, and nothing is open. I walk back to my car and look around where I parked. I still have 56 minutes left paid on my parking app. And I should mention I drank a lot of coffee and water earlier and really need to use the restroom. And nothing is even hinting at being open for me. So I leave and drive to a semi-familiar place near where my sister lived one time when she was in school. 
a free parking space waits for me, and I easily, yes, in downtown Richmond, easily pull in. I don't take this for granted. I've spent countless hours over the years finding parking in that area. I'm a little frazzled from my experience, and maybe the general anxiety all around due to the coronavirus, plus we are anxious over a specific thing we are waiting to hear about. I realize I don't have much time, so I settle down in a coffee shop with a cup of tea, and I'm starting writing these words for you. I'm already feeling better acknowledging my feelings and sharing them. I've been working on processing things and living in the moment. Well, here you go. Me sitting in the breeze, sipping a cup of tea, listening to relaxing music, writing words as people pass me by on foot and in their cars. It's the perfect temperature, and I'm feeling true delight in this moment. My sister texts me to say she'll walk to me because it's not too far, and she knows I'm all settled in. (sighs) I feel like a little fern that is uncurling in the comfort of a well-suited and well-watered spot in the shade. Last year, I moved to Richmond. I didn't think I'd ever come back when I left after high school, but God works in mysterious ways, as we know. As I've been preparing my home, I've thought often about God preparing a place for us. Last year, I watched a lot of gardening shows hosted by Monty Don. It was a good bonding time with my mom as we were drawn into the beauty of gardening. Really, really got me inspired to do some gardening on my own. Uh, I love his approach to invite anyone into the joy of gardening. He's a big, big advocate for gardening for mental health and showing people that anyone can garden. Plus, he'll drop some deep nuggets of wisdom as he's just walking through a garden. Just watch any of his shows. If you don't fall in love with him, the suspender-wearing, precious gardening Brit, well, it's okay if you don't, but seriously, I love him. Recently, I saw somewhere he was referred to as the Gandalf of gardening, and it's so true. I love that. Anyways, one of the things that was helpful was to see the amount of time it takes for a garden to grow and how much planning affects the whole thing. (laughs) So at first, it's really important to have a plan. Most people didn't make very good plans. He would help them tweak their designs and make sure they had a good plan before he left them to do the bulk of the work. A good plan would include a purpose, an aesthetic, and a path. So purpose, you would think, you know, what do you want your garden to be about? Will it be themed? Will it be mainly for food? Could it be a sensory garden or a learning garden? Um, Do you want it for what age group? You know, that kind of thing. Do you want it for social gatherings or solitude? And then aesthetically, you would think, okay, do you want lots of color? Do you want um, more of an English cottage garden? Or do you want the Italian hedges and structures? Or maybe like a French potager garden, which is for, I think I'm saying that wrong, but preparing plants for eating in the kitchen. Um, maybe a small holding or a Japanese tea garden, a tropical paradise, you know, if you have the right place. You still have to follow the rule of right plant, right place. But having a theme helps you tie in together the aesthetic you're looking for in your garden, and then you can find the plants that will work. And he would always help them. Um, and then the path uh, to lead them through the garden. So if you didn't have a path, the garden would not be properly enjoyed. There has to be a place that it's leading you through to enjoy. Um, so oftentimes people would make paths that led to nowhere in particular or forget the path altogether. But don't worry, Monty would always set it right. 
and he would come back and check in on them to encourage. And he'd give a full day's work into the process of the garden. I mean, he would get down and dirty and he would do some hard work for a day and make sure that they're doing, making good decisions and um, inside the planning of their garden and the continued work, working out of the garden. The thing that surprised me so much was often um, how hard the work was just to prepare the plots. I guess in my mind, there's just plots ready to garden. <laughs> of course, that's not true. But um, they, a lot of them had small gardens, which in the British, they would say their backyards are back gardens, which isn't that sweet. So oftentimes they'd have to clear out concrete or stones or piles of brush or even trees. It's serious work. And then once the place is prepared, finally, the rewarding work of growth can begin. <sighs> I think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He had a plan, a perfect plan, and it was serious work. Suffering and agony and surrender. He made a way so we can all have a place. He died and rose again to give us life and growth. Crushed to give us fullness. He is our purpose and our beauty and our path. And let me tell you what, after preparing a house and continually working on home projects, I can't wait to find a place prepared for me with no more maintenance and no more unhappy surprises. I can't wait to feel very welcomed to a feast by the one who fulfills every piece of my wanting heart. Maybe we will sip tea together in the sweet breeze and delight in the world around us while he tells me all of his secrets. I do declare these words to you from the book of Luke, chapter 22, verses 39 through 46. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. I pray that God will help us stay awake to his love. I pray that God will help us to not enter into temptation. I pray that Jesus will be our full protection. And I pray that we would be beautifully used up in this time. When I wrote those words about sitting in a coffee shop, I thought that was just a normal thing to write about. <laughs> but now that we are practicing social distancing through the coronavirus and all the things, it's actually kind of weird to think, I don't know when we'll be back in a coffee shop. Um, could be two weeks, could be four weeks, who knows. But um, I don't want to waste the time that's given. So here's my gift to you today. This is going to be a little silly and a little weird, but it's a word that I made up. It's called usuppance. 
My family and I use it um, all the time. It's like one of my favorite things to say. And it's kind of the cry of my heart. I really do want to be beautifully used up. I don't want to be used for sure. And I don't want to be wasted. I have a a way of seeing potential in um, people and things and just myself and situations. And I just don't want to waste it. (laughs) So use up is my word for you. Basically, you can use it in lots of different ways, but here's a practical way. If you are brushing your teeth and you use the last little bit of toothpaste, when you're done with it, you can say, use up because you finished it. <laughs> or if you have like the tiniest bit of something left for like an ingredient for a salad, for example, and you pour it all into the salad, use up you can say, oh, that's very use up and see. <laughs> you can make it uh, adjective or you can use it as a verb. We get really into it. So there, you're welcome. There you go. Use up and <laughs> Enjoy that one popping in your head when you finish your toothpaste tube or scrape that last bit of peanut butter out of your jar or finally use that last stamp from the sleeve of Hot Wheels stamps. That's not from any experience or anything. I do love snail, snail mail though, so... If you want to write me a letter, I'll give you my address. Um, anyways, you get the point. Use upins. That is my gift for you today. All right, guys, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I will see you next time. Sincerely, Sarah. <laughs>